0: Faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. You're listening to Freedom Rings. I'm your host, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Hi, Marsha Blackburn with another episode of Freedom Rings, and thank you for joining us for a few minutes today. And we have a happy warrior freedom fighter in the real sense with us today, Senator Cynthia Lummis, and she hails from Wyoming. And when you think about Wyoming, you do think about ranches and big skies and Uh, open space and the cheyenne frontier days and she is a member of the hall of fame of the cheyenne frontier days and also she's a little bit of what we would call frontier days royalty as she was uh, the queen of frontier days when she was a kid so senator lummis uh, thank you for being here, for joining us, and for bringing that fighting spirit to Washington, D.C.
1: Well, thank you so much, Senator Blackburn. It's wonderful to be with you again. We served together in the House, and it was uh, such a joy to watch you ascend to the U.S. Senate. And uh, now it's my pleasure to join you there.
0: Well, and we are delighted to have you. When we have good, solid, conservative women in public service and serving in the U.S. Senate, I think it helps to many times reframe the debate. And you've been instrumental
1: in helping, excuse me, I've got a cold today, Mm -hmm. helping shape that debate. Um, And I'm uh, so delighted to uh, join you in that effort Uh, We do think a little differently sometimes, or at least articulate issues differently than our male colleagues.
0: Yes, indeed, we do. And you have a very long history of being female first. And I think Wyoming has a pretty long history of supporting strong women. Uh, I think the first woman to ever vote in a U.S. election was from Wyoming. You're the first female to be elected to the U.S. Senate from Wyoming, and your history of public service is so admirable. You've been a state rep. You have been a state treasurer. Um, you have been a U.S. senator. So what led you into public service? Well, it is um,
1: uh, interesting to be from the very first state to ever grant women the right to vote. And it happened 50 years before the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution, which is the amendment that granted women the right to vote. Uh, Women in Wyoming were voting in 1869 uh, when Wyoming was still a territory uh, because it didn't become a state until 1890. So we had the first woman voter, the first woman bailiff, the first woman grand juror, first woman all-city council, the first woman governor, uh, first woman who was uh, elected to statewide office, Estelle Real, was the superintendent of public instruction. So coming from a long line of women's firsts um, does influence uh, me And then growing up on a ranch with a family that was involved in uh, politics um, also was something that helped shape me. I was in 4-H. I showed cattle and sheep at the county fair. Uh, So I had a very traditional upbringing for uh, a country girl in Wyoming. Uh, And those are the things that teach you uh, American values uh, and provide you, even someone like me who was painfully shy, uh, with a kind of a background and basis that uh, allowed me to to move on. And after I outgrew being painfully shy, mm-hmm. I was able to move forward.
0: Well, and I I love those programs like 4-H Club that gave so many of us opportunities and really helped to shape our worldview as to what good citizenship is and the importance of leadership and the importance of respect for freedom and for our American values. As you have come through this line of public service, talk a little bit about the issues that are important to you.
1: Well, I served 14 years in the Wyoming legislature when I was very young and I saw the need for our state uh, to have a solid permanent mineral trust fund. I became interested in ways that the state could have revenue that was not taking money out of taxpayers' pockets. So we invested some of the money that came from minerals, and by doing so, we had more money in our general fund from interest income off our permanent funds And that allowed us uh, to keep our tax structure uh, and our taxes low. And Wyoming is very much a blue-collar state. There are a lot of people working two jobs to make ends meet. So it's important that we have the best schools we can, the best roads we can, uh, and to serve our citizens without... Uh, Taking so much money out of their pockets that they can't afford to live there. And I know, Senator Blackburn, that when you were in the Tennessee legislature, that you took the same approach, that you were instrumental in helping your state avoid an income tax
0: Yes, we did indeed, and we did defeat that. The people of the state, it took us four years, but we defeated that state income tax and then amended our state constitution so that we will never have a state income tax in Tennessee, which is a good thing because that helps to put a, basically, a stopgap measure in place that says this is only as big as you can grow government. And uh, as we know, government never uh, fulfills their appetite for the taxpayers' money. They're always looking for a little bit more. So coming to the U.S. Senate, what issues are your focus? Well, I'm
1: looking at uh, the energy industry, which is so pivotal to Wyoming. I think it's absolutely imperative that we continue to protect the fact that during the Trump administration, we became energy independent. Not having to rely on other countries for our energy uh, allows us uh, to be stronger and more independent as a country. Um, It is uh, not becoming of America to go to war in places simply because we have so much energy demands from those countries. So I'm very proud of the United States that under the Trump administration, it became energy independent. I want us to keep that. We've seen recently that uh, in Wyoming, some uh, former coal-fired plants are being converted uh, to small modular nuclear plants. Uh, We're seeing a diverse energy uh, portfolio of solar, wind, coal, oil, and gas, and now uh, nuclear. Uh, So we're very proud of that in Wyoming. I want to continue to protect that.
0: And then um, when we talk about freedom, and you are known uh, throughout the country as being a true defender of freedom and liberty and uh, the Bill of Rights and our nation's constitution. Talk to me a little bit about what freedom means to you and your passion for preserving that freedom.
1: Well, Marcia, I believe that the constitution was drafted specifically uh, to protect the individual rights of Americans. Um, And they crafted the Bill of Rights to enumerate and articulate the individual rights that our Founding Fathers wanted to see protected. So the whole purpose of our nation was to make sure that as individuals, we would have the opportunity to flourish, to pursue our own definitions of life, liberty, and happiness. Um, And... Uh, as the nation has gotten older, I think we've gotten away from that fundamental purpose, was which was to protect individual rights. And I believe that our founding fathers, if they could have drawn a diagram of what they envisioned for our nation, would have drawn an upside-down pyramid, where at the top you had the people and the states And at the bottom, you had the federal government with the federal government there to serve and protect the people as individuals and the states as the primary units of government. So I am hopeful and I'm trying as a member of the United States Senate to protect that definition, that ideal for individual Americans to flourish, for states to flourish, and for the federal government to support both.
0: I love that definition, and I, I think you're so right about that. And you said something very significant, so I hope people kind of backtrack and listen to that, that, you know, it the Constitution and the Bill of Rights is put in place to protect the rights of the people, not to restrict them, not to define them, but to protect them and the other thing I think there is that you touched on is for the people and in the constitution people is in caps it begins with a capital P and uh, we need to realize that that is how the founders saw us as many coming together, individuals coming uh, together to be the people of this country. Okay, I cannot let you go without having you touch on why you're supportive of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and getting a a financial innovation caucus going in the Senate.
1: Well, thanks so much for mentioning it. Um, I know that, Marcia, when you headed the Uh, Republican National Convention's platform committee uh, that you um, made sure that language was in it and remains in it uh, that uh, would ask for an audit of the Federal Reserve uh, and that would return to a gold standard. And the reason I'm sure that you chose uh, to protect a standard that would undergird uh, the U.S. dollar Uh, is because if you have a standard undergirding it, uh, you can't let it run amok and out ahead of the standard uh, that undergirds it. Unfortunately, when we went away from the gold standard, uh, we no longer have anything other than the full faith and credit of the United States, which at this point is just words, I'm afraid, uh, to protect our currency uh, from runaway spending and runaway inflation. Bitcoin, like gold, uh, is finite. Uh, There will only be 21 million Bitcoin uh, ever created. Uh, And they are easy to track on the blockchain. And they are a great store of value, like gold. And so, my interest in Bitcoin is as a store of value. Uh, So, I believe we may get to the point in this country where Bitcoin, uh, just as gold used to, undergirds uh, either the digital dollar uh, or um, the U.S. currency. We've even seen in the last few days, uh, El Salvador suggests that it is going to consider Bitcoin to be legal tender. That could be a game changer if they go through with it, uh, because it, it would be fascinating if those countries that are so poor that they receive remittances uh, from the United States through the workers that send money home to their relatives uh, can do it with Bitcoin because then every single dollar or Bitcoin that they earn in the U.S. can be transmitted by telephone, by cell phone, to their relatives in their home country uh, without worrying about them being stolen Uh, or high fees from Western Union. Uh, It is a way to store the value, especially for unbanked people, and it creates so many opportunities that I'm really proud that uh, so many senators have joined uh, our Financial Innovation Caucus to learn more about ways that we can protect the value uh, of the U.S. digital dollar and keep it the World Reserve's currency by using and incorporating Bitcoin.
0: And I appreciate your leadership on this because it's important that we think in terms not only of where we are today, but where we are in the future, and also realize that China is moving forward to test the digital yuan this year as the Olympics come into China. And that is something that Cause many of us who are looking, <clears throat> pardon me, at great power competition, to to be a little uneasy with that premise.
1: Well, as you know, the Chinese do want to compete with us and outcompete us in every avenue, including uh, global domination of finance. And so they have tested the digital yuan. Uh, They do intend to roll it out at the 2022 Winter Olympics in China. Uh, And we believe that they intend to spread the digital yuan all over the world using that venue. Um, So we need to catch up. We need to have a digital dollar. Uh, We also need to undergird that digital dollar with Bitcoin, which is a great store of value. So... Um, we need to be ever vigilant, and we need to recognize that um, the digital age has arrived, uh, and we need to embrace it. Uh, there are benefits to it uh, that all of our citizens can enjoy.
0: Well, and there is convenience to it, as you mentioned. Um, I, I just am so grateful that you decided to come back to the Senate, and so thankful that you are here and i know that our listeners to freedom rings are going to want to keep up with you so where are they going to find you on social media to learn more about what you are doing not only in the financial innovation space but also in your fight for freedom well i think that it's cynthia m
1: lummis um on um facebook i think that it's um Sen Lummis, S-E-N Lummis uh, on Twitter and so that would be at Sen Lummis uh, and we'd love to also see you on our, our political side as well Cynthia Lummis uh, um, dot com
0: There you go and feel free to look up the work that Senator Lummis is doing not only in the fight for freedom but also In being forward-thinking about how we look at a digital dollar and how we look at Bitcoin and the security and the underpinning that we would put around those transactions in our financial system I am Marsha Blackburn and I thank you for joining us for another freedom rings Thank you for listening to this episode of Freedom Rings. You can follow me on Twitter at VoteMarsha, Facebook at Marsha Blackburn for senate and on Instagram at TeamMarsha. And you can always find us online at MarshaBlackburn.com. The Freedom Rings podcast is edited and produced by Jared Cummings, executive producers our Conservative Partnership Center and and Marsha Blackburn, together we make freedom ring.